0: So make sure you hop over to ValPerformance.com today to make sure you check out what they got. It's going to make you better and to do better by your athletes. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some awesome practitioners who are always trying to evolve and continue to grow professionally throughout their career. The problem with many of us, though, is finding a new outlet, a new way and a new perspective on the questions that we may have whether it be programming, whether it be situational with dealing with coaches, or whether it be career advice. Because all too often what happens is we get stuck in with the same group of friends and the same group of colleagues that we reach out to for advice repeatedly over and over again. But what we should really be looking for is different perspectives, different people who have been through different situations who can help us make better decisions, both for ourselves and our athletes. And one awesome place to start with that is the forums in the Strength Coach Network. In the forums in the Strength Coach Network, You'll be able to reach out and get feedback, input, and advice from coaches from all over the world, from everything, from career advice, to training modalities, to programming. There's people there just for the same reason as you are, to try to get better, to learn, to share information, and to grow the field of strength and conditioning. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to dive into all that great content today And get your forty-eight hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Jay DeMeo coming at you with this week's edition of My Thoughts Monday. Today, guys, I'd kind of like to touch upon something and really ask a question of all of us. And this is sort of a unique um, situation to the world of strength and conditioning or sport performance. You know, we. We really pride ourselves on a lot of things, and we, you know, really dig and try to find better ways and means and progressions, you know, progressions in every form, right? When it comes to exercises, progressing properly from, you know, easiest to hardest, if you may, or, you know, least challenging to most challenging, or looking for different regressions, ways that we can continue to load patterns. Um, that may or may not be as challenging, or may provide benefit to people who have some form of limitation uh, when it comes to specific movement patterns based on injury or history or whatever it may be. Uh-huh. And even progressing, like loading patterns, right? That whole idea of periodization and how we can, you know, change the training load to make sure that we are consistently increasing whatever uh, KPIs that we are looking at. You know, but I bring all that up to bring this up. I think that we see very often, and this is something that I've noticed with a bunch of these programs that we've been toying around with, that we typically, when we look at training programs, right, there are three ways that we can train, or we can, excuse me, there are three ways that we can change the stimulus that we are providing to the athlete. We can change the volume, right? We can either do more or less, uh, or we can increase the density or decrease the density of the training session, right? We all know that. We can do, we can increase or change the intensity, increase or decrease. And intensity can also tie in speed, right? So you can lift heavier stuff. You can lift lighter stuff. You can do things faster, you can jump higher, Uh, you can throw further, um, or you can throw heavier objects, or jump or sprint resisted. You know, all of these things are alterations to intensity. Or you can change the modality, right? You can change the mode of exercise, the exercise in and of itself. You can change what you are doing. You can front squat, you can high bar squat, you can low bar squat, you can box squat, you can trap bar deadlift, you can regular deadlift. You can do deadlifts in a sumo stance. You can do snatch grip deadlifts. You can do elevated deadlifts. I can give you a million exercises, which I'm sure that you all listening to this can give you a million and one. And what I think that we like to do, or at least what I've seen in these situations is that we change more than one of those at a time. So we go from three sets of eight to, or three sets of 10, excuse me, to three sets of eight. So we've decreased the volume and we've increased the intensity, but then we also change the exercise that we're using. So my question then is this, if we are always changing all three, How do we know what was actually successful in improving whatever we are measuring? Wouldn't just changing the volume and intensity be enough for us to elicit more of an adaptation towards what we were going for? I guess I don't, like, and this is probably a lot of the Doc Yeses coming out of me, the Joseph Johnson coming out of me, you know but when you're looking at things why are we always trying to change the training modality along with changing the intensity and the volume shouldn't we choose to choose one or the other so that we know right If we think that the squat is going to help us do better in certain aspects of training, then wouldn't we want to continue to squat even when we change set and rep protocols? Would we want to change the type of squat? Like, does that necessarily matter? Now, I can hear the argument being said right now, right? and that is that the novelty is what elicits an adaptation. And I guess that my argument to that would be when we look at these scenarios where they are set up, there is an adaptation, correct, but is that adaptation anything more than them just learning how to do a similar movement slightly differently? And if we are constantly changing the exercises, are we ever actually getting better at the exercises that we are saying get us better at the sporting exercise. Isn't that kind of what makes five three one beautiful? Isn't that kind of the magic behind the whole one by 20 idea? That every workout you come in and you do a little bit more, whether it be uh, the volume, the intensity, or you, your technical proficiency of the exercise, and those baby steps are what lead to a greater plastic adaptation. But for some reason, we look at it, and it's like, okay, so we did you know, six sets of six for three weeks, well, we gotta cut it to five fives, and instead of front squatting, because we can go heavier for five fives, we need to put the bar on our back. If handling a greater load was always what was more important, then why wasn't the exercise utilized where you could handle the greatest load at all times? And I think that that's really important, right? Like, if, if handling a heavier load is why you would change the exercises, is because you can use more weight at that exercise, then. If you go from a lesser volume, or excuse me, a greater volume and lesser intensity and jump up more intensity, less volume, and add an exercise that can have a greater load attached to it, that's a massive increase in stress on the nervous system. That's a massive increase in stress on that athlete. When we make that big of a change, are we asking for problems? I understand that the whole idea of acute to chronic workload is kind of uh, being argued a bit and being turned away a bit. But one thing we do know is that when you go from not doing a lot of something to doing a lot of something, bad things tend to happen. So I guess that my question is simply that if we are altering the sets and reps and the intensity of the exercise, we are cutting volume and increasing intensity, is there really a need to change the exercise? And if we are changing the exercise, is there really a need to change the volume and intensity? I guess I would see it differently if we were sitting there and We were talking about how you're going to use this one set and rep scheme for a specific duration of time, and you're going to keep that set and rep scheme the same so that you can build into deadlifting, into squatting, into rear foot elevated split squats, into whatever exercise you want at the end of that progression. But if you are consistently changing both, have you left a lot in the tank and not really taken everything out of that progression? Because if those exercises are important to build to the exercise that you feel is most important, then shouldn't you want the training effect maximally from those exercises that you feel are important? So, I don't know, I would love to hear your input, I would love to hear your feedback, I would love to hear the who's, what's, why's, and how's of that, because there are some times where I think that changing the exercises is important. Uh, And I'd love to hear what you guys have to say, because as always, I'm just hoping that we can talk and figure things out and we can all get better. But for me, change the volume or the intensity, or both, or change the mode of the exercise, change the modality, change the method, whatever it is. But changing them both at once, to me, seems like a, a really big curveball. It's just, it's not going to allow us to figure out what actually helped and what didn't help in the long run. But as always, guys, I truly appreciate everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another My Thoughts Monday. I'll see you then.